the NFL media has just become so cookie cutter. There's literally no such thing as a novel idea anymore. When I hear these motherfuckers talk, all I hear is blah, blah, blah. Hey guys, thanks for joining me for the divisional round of the FU Football Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie R. Barua, and ready to dive into this week here. Uh, I do apologize for the last couple weeks not being able to put a podcast out. I did go ahead and post my picks on my uh, FU Football Instagram page. Unfortunately, I had some technical, technical difficulties. I'm not a professional podcaster, I wouldn't call myself, and... Uh, have limited equipment, had some problems, and also had issues with the sheep. Um, we had massive rainfall here, which led to a lot of flooding, and we had to do some emergency evacuations of the animals. Everybody's okay, but um, it was it was a challenging couple weeks for sure. So I do apologize for missing out on getting the podcast out there, but uh, hopefully we're going to get back on track here this week and have no problems. So uh, let's just dive right into it. You know, I... Um, wasn't too on point last week. I went two and four on my picks. Started out 0 and four, and then I hit the last two. Um, the Raven one, which is the game I really felt the most confident about, I would say, as the plus, I believe it was plus eight or plus seven and a half closing line. Really loved that one. And uh, obviously that worked out pretty well. They should have won the game if it wasn't for that goal line uh, fumble there that Sam Hubbard picked up. But Hey, it is what it is. Uh, like J.K. Dobbins said, if Lamar was playing, you know, they definitely would have won that game. And I think the Ravens would be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. That's how real of a team I think Baltimore was. Uh, their defense was playing lights out as of the last month, month and a half. And uh, the offense was moving pretty efficiently with backup quarterbacks. So I could just imagine what it would have been like if Lamar was in. But uh, next year, you know, if, if he's back, I'd say... Baltimore would be my dark horse to go to the Super Bowl for the AFC. I think they're an excellent team. They've built a great foundation like they always do over the years, and I'm really excited for them. But such is life. They are not in it. And I think this year was meant to have the Chiefs and the Bills have a rematch anyways to go ahead and play in the AFC Championship. I think that's just what destiny's kind of led to all season since the 13-second debacle for the Bills last year. But anyways, to begin, uh, we have the Chiefs hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chiefs, the line has moved significantly. This line, I believe, started around 7.5 or 8 points of a spread. It's moved all the way to 9.5 now, and I think for good reason. I think a lot of people are taking the money on the Chiefs. They know the Jaguars are not a real team. It was a miracle comeback for them. They don't have receivers. You know, I like Christian Kirk. That's their best receiver. But I love him as a number two. He's not a number one. They don't have a number one there. Marvin Jones has really slowed down this year, I've noticed. Um, he's been a pretty reliable target over the last few seasons, but this year he's really slowed down. Zay Jones has been kind of a pleasant surprise for them, but I mean, you're going up against the third best coverage defense in the NFL in Kansas City. It's a road game. I know Kansas City's had a hard time covering spreads at home this season, but I think in a playoff atmosphere, I think they're pumped up. They've had a week off. They've had the rest. Jacksonville just came off a very dramatic win. And I think that took a lot out of them to get to that point. 
And so I, I'm going to trust the team that's better rested and, and didn't just come off of some kind of dramatic, super lucky victory. And uh, I like Kansas City here at minus nine and a half. I just, across the board, they're just the much, much better team. I mean, they have the number one offense in the NFL. I believe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to be back this week. And not that he's really been featured as a big part of their offense, but it's just one more weapon for them to utilize there. Um, outside of Isaiah Pacheco, and then Jarek McKinnon has just been on absolute fire in the passing game. And so they have kind of a three-headed, interesting trio of running backs there. And then, uh, you know, a receiver, they haven't really had anybody that's been a real legit star, but when you have Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he just literally finds the open guy constantly and really happy that he's been able to take the checkdowns more often now, especially with Jarek McKinnon. And uh, I like this Kansas City team. I think this is probably the most balanced they've been since Reed and Mahomes have been there. And this Jacksonville team defensively is still a mess. They do boast a pretty good pass rush. But again, in my opinion, the Chiefs sport probably the third best offensive line in the NFL. I'd put them behind the Eagles at number one and probably Baltimore at number two. Baltimore's got a very underrated offensive line. And so if Kansas City's sitting there at number three, and all Jacksonville can do is rush the passer, rush the passer, and they're so terrible in coverage. I don't see any way possible they're going to be able to keep up with this Chiefs team. I think the Chiefs are going to absolutely take it to them. And as long as Kansas City can stop the run with Travis Etienne, or Etienne, however you want to say that, um, they should be able to blow Jacksonville out pretty easily. So I'm going to take Kansas City here minus 9.5. Taking them to cover hasn't worked too well this season, but I'm going to go ahead and, and go for it here. Playoff football is different. And uh, Jacksonville showed a lot of resilience last year or last week, but at the same time, I don't think they're ready to contend with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a far better coach team, and they like to keep the pedal to the metal when they do start up early. And so I'm going to trust Kansas City here, minus nine and a half. Okay, uh, probably my favorite game. Well, this is probably my second favorite game of the week. The Giants traveling in Philadelphia. Seven and a half point spread. Eagles, of course, are the favorite. And I'm really tempted with this Giants team. Like, I almost want to pick them to win. But I think the, the Eagles just have a little bit too much uh, firepower there on offense to trust the Giants to win. But I'll tell you what, I love the plus seven and a half. I'll take that hook on the extra half point on the seven. Um. You know, these Giants, while their defense still isn't that good, offensively, they're really finding their identity. It's passes across the middle to whoever's getting open, and, and the guys have been getting open. Isaiah Hodgins and and Slayton and Richie James, and, you know, these aren't household names, but at the same time, these guys have all graded really well. They're playing really good ball. They're, they're complementing what Daniel Jones does with his legs, which has been a enormous part of his game and I think that's a part that Philadelphia is going to struggle with they have not matched up that well against running quarterbacks Daniel Jones has been tearing it up on the ground and then Saquon Barkley I mean he was the third or fourth leading rusher in the NFL this season 1300 yards I mean he just had a great year um he you know wasn't used I mean he was used pretty good last week I guess but but not overused and then he didn't play in the last game of the season, as most of the New York Giants starters didn't. And so he's pretty fresh overall. And the Eagles consistently throughout the season have been a bad run defensive team. 
And I mean, for as good as Darius Slay and um, James Bradbury have been at corner for them in coverage, they've been two of the worst in the NFL in run defense at corner. And so, you know, if Saquon Barkley starts getting on the edge and and finds some open space, I think he's going to be running all day long. I could see a huge game for him getting up close to 200 yards on the day. That's my prediction. Uh, This Giants team, I think, is going to really control the time of possession here. And kind of a play I like in this game is I like the over 48 points. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game because I don't trust the Giants to slow down Philadelphia. But at the same time, I don't know if Philly is going to have too many answers for this weird, really creative Giants offense that they're running right now. They've really been able to utilize the talent that they have or or lack thereof. Really like this Giants team. And, And probably my favorite part about them overall is actually their defensive line. I mean, those guys they've got there are pretty freaking outstanding between Aziz Ojolari, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, these guys are solid. And um, I think they're finding their identity. And then you get a Dory Jackson back who, I mean, that's a super underrated move there at corner. Um, outside of him, they don't really have anybody special. They've got Fabian Moreau and Darnay Holmes. They're not very good in coverage at all. The safeties aren't too terrible. And so it's a tough matchup, you know, because this defensive line of the Giants, how much push are they going to really get against the best offensive line in the NFL? I don't know. You know, that's going to be kind of a tough, tough task there. And then you do worry about the other side of the ball, whereas you have the Eagles pass rush going up against the Giants O-line that, you know, I would say it's been getting better as the season's gone on. But Evan Neal right now at right tackle is still a liability, even though I really am bullish on his long-term prospects as a as a tackle in the NFL. I really liked him coming out of college. Um, and so that the tough thing to watch this week is going to be the trenches. And I, I feel like Philadelphia on both sides of the ball has that advantage. And so I worry about that. But Daniel Jones's mobility is going to be a huge factor. His receivers have been getting open. Solid run game. I think if they could just avoid the turnovers, which, I mean, Dimes has only thrown five picks all year. Yeah, he's only thrown 15 touchdowns. But, hey, 3,000 yards passing, that's not great. But, I mean, it's it's not it's not terrible for the kind of offense that they've been running. Run heavy. Um, you know, get the ball out when you can. 3,000 yards with a 3-to-1 touchdown interception ratio. I mean, that's that's winning football. However you want to slice it, that's what it is. And, and that's why they've super surprised me this season and blown me out of the water with, you know, the record that they had at the end of the year and, and winning a playoff game against a extremely electric Minnesota offense. And that's why I think they can stay in this game because Minnesota's offense is one of the most electric in the NFL yeah, their defense doesn't play as well as Philadelphia, not by any stretch. But at the same time, I think the matchup here for Philly is not favorable. And so I like the Giants here. They're fired up. I mean, it is another road game for them. They've played like four or five road games in a row. That's tough on them. Um, and they also don't have a good run defense. They haven't had a good run defense all season. And so you worry about that with the kind of offense the Eagles run. But, uh I just I trust the heart, the game plan, the coaching of the New York Giants more than I trust the the Eagles. I've been very negative on the Eagles all season. 
and uh, I was kind of trying to warm up to them mid-year, and it's just it's not working for me. I still don't think they're real. I said earlier in the season that they were going to be a first-round knockout in the playoffs. Unfortunately, they're playing the Giants, who are really lacking on talent. But um, would it surprise me if the Giants upset them? No. No, it really wouldn't. But I just don't 100% trust them there. But I do love the 7.5 points. I think this is going to come down to a touchdown or less. Uh, very possibly even a field goal game. And so uh, I'll take the Giants here. Uh, plus 7.5 over the Eagles. Okay, and that's it for Saturday. Now Sunday, uh, I got the game that didn't get to get played a few weeks ago. The Cincinnati Bengals now playing in Buffalo. Five and a half point spread, which I think is surprising a lot of people. I, I think probably a lot of people are hitting that five and a half points for Cincinnati. And, you know, I, there's got to be a reason for that. Because every time there's a line that doesn't make sense... It makes you wonder. And and the last time these two teams played, it looked like Cincinnati was going to really take it to Buffalo. But now with the offensive line injuries that Cincinnati's been having, you know, you never want to you never want to overreact to anything, but at the same time, this Cincinnati team right now reminds me a lot of Kansas City when they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Buccaneers a few years ago. And it's similar because their offensive line is absolute trash right now. They have a great quarterback and a couple really good receivers. They have a decent run game. So offensively, they're very similar to what Kansas City was. Defensively, they're also pretty similar. They have a little bit of a pass rush. It hasn't really equated to sacks necessarily, but it has led to disruption. Um, they've got some decent guys on the back end, but at corner, they're very weak. Eli Apple's in my opinion, the worst corner in the NFL, and then rookie Cam Taylor Britt, just not good. Um, Mike Hilton at slot corner, so that is one bright spot there in the secondary, but it, it's pretty weak. Outside of a couple decent linebackers and a pass rush, this defense leaves a lot to be desired. I think at this point, the matchup against Buffalo is not good because of that offensive line for the Bengals. I just think that pass rush the Buffalo has, I know Von Miller's out, but they have so much depth on the defensive line. That is the one, uh, I guess, position on the team that I would say is very deep. I said in the offseason that I was concerned about the Bills because of the fact I don't think they have a deep team, but defensive line is not a weakness for them. They've been excellent all year in pressure. Um, they haven't really equated to a ton of sacks either. They have 40 on the season, so not great, but that's still 10 more than the Bengals had. And uh, this Buffalo team is just, I think they're starting to come together a little bit. I was really worried about them midseason, but they seem to be starting to play a little bit better defensively. I mean, I know they struggled against Skylar Thompson last week, but I think I think they went into that game sleeping, not even, not even thinking they were going to need to try. And the game wound up being a lot closer than it was supposed to be. And so I think they're going to be on their A game this week. I like Buffalo a lot, um, at least in this matchup. Overall, I still don't think they're a real team. But now, you know, with the whole DeMar Hamlin situation, I don't know how much miracle shit is going to wind up happening now and destiny and, and they need to go to the Super Bowl and and avenge their loss to Kansas City last year. And, and, and who knows? You know, Buffalo's still a team with the below average offensive line. One really good receiver. Everybody else is pretty average. 
a good quarterback, but he still throws too many interceptions. And a run game that's actually better than most people think. So, you know, I, I would think Buffalo's going to lean on the run game a lot, going up against a, a Bengals team that's decent but not great against the run. And I think they're going to do enough of that to where they're going to be able to open up that pass and hit some deep shots, which is really what this Buffalo offense is built around. And so I'm actually going to take Buffalo here at minus five and a half. I don't love it. But at the same time, the line just makes so little sense that there must be something going on that we don't know about. It is a home game for the Bills. And I want to trust them here. Uh, Minus five and a half. I mean, a lot of people think this is going to be a field goal game, and it very well may be. But I think the pressure on Cincinnati on that offensive line is going to be far too much. And Joe Burrow does not perform very well under pressure. Uh, I think he's been talking too much. I think he thinks he's really, really something. And I mean, he's good, but he's he's not, you know, he's not Mahomes, in my opinion. When he's got a clean pocket, he could be anybody. He could be Joe Montana, but he's not under pressure. It's a whole different ball game. And that's why you see so many players have a huge discrepancy between their uh, rating under pressure versus in a clean pocket. And, and that's across the board. But Joe Burrow really suffers. And uh, I think these Buffalo Bills are going to take it to him. I think the secondary is starting to improve a little bit, get a little bit healthier. And uh, I'm going to trust the home team here to really play with some heart, some passion, and, and humble the Bengals and, and make them realize that, you know, they're uh, just because Joe Burrow's playing doesn't mean their Super Bowl window's open, like he said. So I, I didn't like that kind of comment. I appreciate his confidence in himself and his team, but at the same time, it's a little too cocky. I think the Bills are going to close the door on that. So I'm going to take the Bills minus five and a half. I also really like the under 49 in that game. Um, I know some people think that it's going to be a very high scoring affair. I don't think so. I think because of the offensive line issues for the Bengals, that's going to slow the game down a lot. And, you know, you still have to count on Josh Allen to have a couple couple turnovers. So that's probably going to be a drive killer for the Bills a couple times. And I think there's just going to be a lot of inefficient play. And... I think it's going to lead to field goals. I think it's going to lead to turnovers, missed possessions, and uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of running in this game. So I'll take the Bills minus 5.5, and, and I'm going to lean to the under 49. And last but not least, my favorite game of the week. Uh, Dallas Cowboys traveling to San Francisco to play the Niners. This is a four-point spread. Niners are the favorite. And, you know... I get that the Niners are a great team. I really do. I get that they have the best defense in the NFL. I I get they have, you know, one of the best running back duos in the NFL. I get that they have some of the best receivers in the NFL. I get they have a good offensive line. I understand all of it. But Brock Purdy's still quarterback. And he's played well. But he has the easiest job in the NFL at quarterback. When his receivers are open, they're wide fucking open. And the dude's still missing some throws. He's still getting away with some turnover-worthy plays. And the deeper you get in the playoffs, the less you can keep... How do I say this? The less you can keep your head above water by playing that way. And so, while I don't think Dallas is really an exceptional team in coverage necessarily, I do think that they are opportunistic. I think they take advantage of 
what the offense, the opposing offense gives them. And they have some ball hawks there, so consistently they might give up quite a bit of yardage. But when push comes to shove and opportunities are there for turnovers, they take advantage of it. And then you've got a defensive front who's very good in pass rush. Brock Purdy's been pretty good um, against the pressure. He's been able to roll out, been able to you know make some plays with his legs to where he's able to buy time and hit some receivers. But at the same time, he hasn't played Micah Parsons yet. He hasn't played this kind of defense yet. And you saw a little bit of struggle for, you know, half the game last week against Seattle. Excuse me. And I I think it's going to be a tougher challenge against against the Cowboys here. And so um, that Cowboys run game is also very good. I know the Niners have a great run defense. But, you know, the, the Niners defense really has been um, underwhelming the last few weeks. I mean, they've given up. I know I mentioned it on my um, Instagram page uh, last week or two weeks ago that, you know, the last four or five games going into the playoffs for the Niners, they'd allowed 275 yards passing a game and two touchdowns to basically backup quarterbacks. And so that's not a small sample size. That's damn near a quarter of the season. And that's not a good look. And they allowed some some points to Seattle last week. And if it wasn't for some, you know, timely turnovers, that game would have been a lot closer than it was. I worry. I worry about this Niners team. I worry about, you know, a seventh round rookie starting for them at quarterback who's never played playoff football and who, who's been getting away with some, you know, some poor play on some games or on some plays. And uh, then he's been really impressive at other times. So I don't know what to expect, but I think this game to be a four point game here. I think that's far too much. Uh, This is probably going to boil down to a field goal. And I think out of all the games, I think this is the best chance for an upset. I really like Dallas this week. You know, I I think. um, I think just what they bring to the table offensively is really incredible. I think they match up. They're one of the best matchup teams against the Niners this year from an offensive standpoint, going up against that Niner defense. Dak just has so many targets. And I think T Y Hilton, in addition to already having CD lamb and, and Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz. I mean, I think T Y Hilton was an excellent pickup there. And then Tony Pollard is a huge threat catching the ball as well. And so I love this team. I love the Cowboys. I've been hot on them pretty much all season. Once I found out that Dak was coming back and and the defense started playing well, I'm really big on this Cowboys team. I think, honestly, if you made like put a gun in my head and said, okay, now pick one of the four NFC teams to go to the Super Bowl, I think Dallas has the best shot at this point. And, uh, and I, I really like them. They're playing fired up. You know, they are inconsistent, which is the part you worry about. Um, Dak Prescott, you know, hasn't always been very safe with the ball this season. But I think if if he can get locked in and, and play in the zone, and he, he plays well in in primetime football too. I mean, he really does. Um, he's he's like the anti-Kirk Cousins. He plays excellent ball. He's just so locked in, so laser focused. Um I you know, I'm not overall I'm not a big Dak Prescott fan, but man, in prime time, you gotta go with him. And I'm going to trust him there. I think the lights are going to be a little bit too bright for Brock Purdy. And I'm going to take the more experienced guy here. So I'll take 
Cowboys plus four. That's my lock of the week. Um, I love that play. The the Cowboys are a different team. They're not the same old Cowboys. You know, the Chargers are the same old Chargers, and they proved that again this year, but the Cowboys are not the same old Cowboys. And they got that playoff win off their back, you know, going and winning last week against uh, the Buccaneers and really just asserting dominance. I think they've got the taste for blood now, and I think they're going to go out there and, and really take it to San Francisco. So um, do I think San Francisco is going to still win? Mm, yeah, but I th- I'd say it's 50-50 at this point. Uh, I, I think this should be an even pick, honestly, on the spread right now. But I'll take the plus four. I think that's very generous. So Cowboys plus four over the Niners. And that does it. So uh, so happy to be back with you guys. Getting some picks out here on the podcast. Feels good to talk again. Um, really looking forward to all the changes I'm going to do next season, too. There's going to be so many... So many upgrades to the podcast. I'm going to get a little bit more advanced with some of the things and I'm just really getting excited. I've enjoyed the hell out of this season so far. Um, Of course, we still have two more weeks of coverage to do, and then I'll be taking a break in the offseason and and doing some thinking and planning and and getting back with you guys later. But uh, anyways, we're going to finish the season out strong, hopefully. And and I just really appreciate all the listeners. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, It makes it fun for me to know there's people out there hopefully getting value from what I'm doing just as a a rancher who has no really professional experience in this whole thing, but we've done well so far this year for a first season. So thank you guys. And uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the show so far and, and glad to be back. So have a great weekend and enjoy football.